Due to the graphic nature of this program, viewer discretion is advised. I'm Gordon Coulter. For many years I served as a law enforcement officer. Today it's my privilege to host this program on a little known area in law enforcement but important to every small community and every large city across our vast country. It's the area of satanic cults and how they impact our families, our children, and our communities. In satanic occultism, that which is good is bad, and that which is bad is good. Hello, and welcome to the Spookies Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. I am your co-host, Stephanie. Ah, yes, a woman of questionable morals, according to some women. Very questionable. So we have some major breaking news to report. What's that? Podcast host and professional idiot Joe Rogan has COVID-19. <laughs> and he is taking ivermectin for it. Of course he is. I guess they were out of DMT. <laughs> Any thoughts on this, Steph? It was inevitable. Rogan has the Rona. <laughs> I have no thoughts, no prayers. So, Steph, what are the four scariest words in the English language? Make America great again. You are close, but it is not. That's not correct. It is, we believe the children. Do you want to know or do you know what naked movie star games are? No. Well, you're in luck because tonight you're about to find out. Great. So what are we talking about tonight, Stephanie? Could it be Satan? Yes. We are talking about my wife's religion, the original cancel culture, the satanic panic of the 1980s. Long have I waited to talk about this. <laughs> For the record, Stephanie and I are not Satanists. Stephanie is a witch, and I worship <laughs> Cthulhu. Okay, that's a lie. I'm agnostic. I can definitely say I'm not Christian. I was raised Christian, as was Stephanie. Southern Baptists know us for years. Yeah, yeah, the American Taliban. Actually, <laughs> well, I was raised Southern Baptist. My, my parents really weren't religious. They just had some really kooky, weird beliefs. I, and I never got to handle any snakes, so I'm disappointed. So <laughs> nothing cool like that. Or there was no, like, tents or any of that no I mean, tent revivals? No tent revivals. No, like, people shaking and acting weird. Those would have been some great stories. Yeah, I have none. I was disappointed now. I do have a story about a ghost, but that's coming up in a few weeks. So, Stephanie, what are we talking... What is the satanic panic? The satanic panic was a moral panic, consisting of over 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of satanic ritual abuse, or SRA, starting in the United States in the 1980s, spreading throughout many parts of the world by the late 1990s, and persisting today in the form of QAnon. While the panic originated as far back as the 1960s, it fully captured the zeitgeist in 1980 with the publication of Michelle Remembers, a book co-written by controversial Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pasder and his patient wife, Michelle Smith, which used the discredited practice of recovered memory therapy, a form of pseudoscience which has been debunked as false memory syndrome. Critical thinking skills were abandoned by Americans in the 1980s, and have stayed that way ever since. Panzer made sensational and lurid claims about satanic ritual abuse involving Michelle, 
The allegations, which soon surged throughout much of the United States, involved reports of physical and sexual abuse of people in the context of occult or satanic rituals. In its most extreme form, allegations involve a global conspiracy of a satanic cabal made up of the wealthy and celebrities alike, in which children are abducted or bred for human sacrifices, possession by demonic entities, and child sex trafficking. Multiple factors were responsible for the cause of this panic, and it became deeply embedded in the United States during the 1980s and through the mid-1990s. There was this widespread belief in the 80s and 90s that devil worshippers were everywhere in America, and that they were kidnapping, murdering, and sacrificing children to Satan. They could be your next-door neighbor, your teacher at school, even the police. It was irrational, and Michael and I lived it. Even non-religious people got caught up in the hysteria. And who could it have been? Let's see, I don't know. Let me think. Let me knock on Mr. Noggin. <laughs> who could trick us into doing that? Could have been... Satan! <laughs> okay, Stephanie. I feel like this podcast doesn't talk enough about me. So I want you to tell our listeners, all four of them, about Satan. Tell them about your husband. I want to hear about me. Satan became firmly ingrained in Christian theology. Christianity sees all other religions as a threat. Therefore, they see them as satanic. Since its founding, America has been terrified by the concept of the devil. He quickly became the boogeyman of the West. The imagery of Satan as a horned beast is directly stolen from the pagan fertility god Baal and Pan, the Greek god of nature. By the Renaissance, Satan and devils appear in all works of Christian art, in paintings, sculptures, and on cathedrals. Satan is usually depicted naked. His genitals are rarely shown and are often covered by animal fur. The goat-like portrayal of Satan was closely associated with him in his role as the object of worship by sorcerers and witches, as a horned demon that raped and impregnated human women in their sleep, and as the personification of evil. Guys, there's no such thing as a devil. He is as real as Dracula or the Wolfman. You will just have to settle for James Corden. He is as close to Satan as you're going to get. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, Stephanie and I get a lot of emails accusing us of being Satanists. We're not Satanists. But because we hate people who send us emails like that, we're going to read off uh, some stuff from the Satanic Bible and their beliefs. And we're going to prove that, you know, devil worshippers and Satanists are two different things. Levian Satanism is what we're talking about here. Yes. It is a non-theistic religion founded in 1966 by the American occultist and author Anton Savander Levay. A circus performer. Scholars of religion have classified it as a new religious movement and a form of Western mysticism. It is one of several different movements that describe themselves as forms of Satanism. Note, Anton Levay was a friend of L. Ron Hubbard. Which is where he gets a lot of his bullshit from. <laughs> well, L. Ron Hubbard is the founder of... Scientology. Yeah. And this guy is another bullshit artist. <laughs> I like his bullshit, though. I, his bullshit is much more... Um, interesting. Interesting and, and kind of friendly. Yep. Stephanie's saying that because she's a witch and she's going to be burned in Texas. So, <laughs> Get to the sins or, or get to the commandments. Hmm. The dark lord awaits. So we have satanic rules of the earth. Yeah. And we have the satanic commandments the commandments all right we're going with commandments there are nine yeah one satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence 
That's definitely Stephanie. <laughs> Two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. My head's in the clouds. Three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. You hear that, woke Twitter? <laughs> Four, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. This is the way I feel every morning. This is not a bad way to live, actually. No. Commandment four is... We're a, going to hell, you know, by it's, reading it's this. It's a good one. We're going to hell. I don't care. Five. I've had my... Wait, wait. I've had my handbasket ready for some time yeah. now. I, I like warm weather, so... <laughs> Five. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Like Batman. Six. Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Otherwise known as Stephanie's friends. Mm, who says they're friends? Not anymore. <laughs> Seven. Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours. I absolutely believe this. Who, because of his, quote, divine spiritual and intellectual development, end quote, has become the most vicious animal of all. They get this from Nietzsche, because this is one of Nietzsche's basic tenets, is man is the cruelest animal. He's not wrong. Eight. Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to the physical, mental, or emotional gratification. I know, baby. <laughs> Nine. Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had, and has he has kept it in business all these years. Yeah, because they've been trolling the fuck out of the church, and the church still believes it. It's, they were the OG little Nas. <laughs> all right, now let's get to the metal shit. The 11 satanic rules of the earth. These are pretty rad. One, do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. That means you, Karen. Yeah. Two, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. We don't want to hear your small talk. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I hate when somebody says, you know about the weather today. No, I don't fucking care. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Three, when in another's home... Show them respect, or else do not go there. Do hotels count? Because I've trashed this. <laughs> Four. If a guest in your home annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. Yeah, hit him in the head with your Xbox so controller. Troll the fuck out of your shitty fucking house guest until they get the fuck out. Or relatives. <laughs> Five. Do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. Otherwise known as the look by Stephanie. I don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah, right. Six, do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and they cry out to be relieved. So it's like stealing? and No, no, because it's a burden. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they want to be unburdened. Yeah, oh, I get it. Yeah. Seven, acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. This is definitely Stephanie's because she put a spell on me. Eight. Do not complain about anything to which you need not subject, subject yourself. Abortionists. Yeah. Texas. This yeah. is your shit. You pro-lifers can fuck right off. Eat a dick. Nine. Do not harm little children. You hear that, Cosby? <laughs> Ten. Do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. I mean, this is common sense. Right. This is very PETA. Mm -hmm. 11. When walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, 
ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. This is basically me on Twitter. <laughs> this is the Michael rule of life. It's so metal. Yeah. It's very ghost. Dun, 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 dun. And now we're on to the satanic sins. What the Levian Satanists believe are sinful. Yeah. One. There's nine. One. Stupidity. <laughs> the Corona curse. <laughs> Two. Pretentiousness. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Three. Film Twitter. Self-centeredness. Four. Self-deceit. Woke Twitter. Five. Herd conformity. QAnon. Yep. Six. Lack of perspective. Trump. <laughs> Seven. Forgetfulness of past orthodoxies. Zoomers. Eight. Counterproductive pride. Uh, celebrities. Nine. Lack of aesthetics. Uh, your grandparents. Anybody's grandparents. That's just a boomer. Boomers, yeah. <laughs> Boomerism. Boomerism is a sin. It should be. It should be. It's a deadly sin. There should be a new version of seven, but it's these sins, and boomers are fucked. Because they've burned up the world and poisoned the Yeah. Food. New York is flooded. Jersey's flooded. And they are telling all the women of childbearing age to have children in the most dangerous fucking fashion. You're going to get a bunch of emails from women who are saying we're satanic and... I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. This is... Stephanie says this to me every day, by the way. About what? <laughs> I don't give a shit. She's wearing her witch hat. She's smoking. And she's like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Stephanie is a walking moral panic. I, th I think more people need to realize this. She creates moral panics. Just her existence creates moral panics. I live here. It's hard. In Kansas, you know, the <laughs> land of fucking Oz. Well, not for long. You're going to sell out and move to California. So. Yeah, I'm clicking my red heels away. Wicked witch to the west. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was the Satanic Commandments. And we are all going to hell now. You've already been told about strangers dressing up in uniforms, but there are other traps you need to know about. Hi, I lost my little dog. Can you help me find him? Be suspicious of an adult asking for help. Hi, I'm just playing with my daughter's video game, but the batteries seem to be dead. I have some in my car. Why don't you come over and help me put them in? Stay away from people in cars or vans. Hey, kid, how you doing? Um, you know, we're making a movie over there. You want to go see it? Only professional agencies hire kids for TV work. I ought to know. Hey, kid, let's go to the arcade and play some video games. What do you say? Ignore him and walk away. Little boy, I'll give you $10 if you'll take my bag to the car for me. It's okay to say no, even to an adult. Safety is more important than good manners. Hey, kid, I'll teach you how to hit this ball right over the fence. Come on, it'll be fun. Trust your own feelings. In the 1970s, America had never been more ripe for a moral panic. The Manson cult murders in 1969 is where ritualistic homicide enters the zeitgeist. That same year, circus performer turned occultist Anton LaVey published the Satanic Bible. And for those of you who don't know, the Church of Satan does not actually worship the devil. They are really just a bunch of hedonistic weirdos who read a lot of Ayn Rand. <laughs> they dress all in black and have massive sex orgies. It's like Thanksgiving at Stephanie's family. <laughs> You had the Jonestown suicide. 
you had rising crime, you had a rising fear of the occult, violent death, and generational change. Cults were seen as a strange new phenomenon to the public in the 1970s. This coincided with the emerging golden age of the serial killer. Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, David Berkowitz, all the hunks of Netflix documentaries. (laughs) In case you didn't know that was sarcasm. Fuck those freaks and the psycho women who love them. Movies such as Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, and The Omen added to a fear of the devil in pop culture. Due to our Puritan roots, America had trouble distinguishing reality from fiction when it came to Satan. Child abuse laws were changed, and we got the stranger danger scare and a growing fear of your own neighborhood. Prior to the late 70s, law enforcement did very little to prosecute sexual abuse of children. It was considered impolite to talk about it. At the time the daycare cases arose, society was just beginning to acknowledge and come to terms with the idea of sexual abuse of children. Women are entering the workforce, which necessitated a sharp increase in the need for daycare services. As a result, anxiety about protecting the nuclear family from the unknown dangers of this new era was high. Men are freaked out that their wives are becoming more independent, and women are freaked out by strangers taking care of their kids. Which is still freaky. This is all happening in tandem with the ascendancy of the Christian right and the moral majority. A perfect storm for a moral panic. Okay, so let's define what a moral panic is. A moral panic is a widespread feeling of fear, often an irrational one, that some evil person or thing threatens the values, interest, or well-being of a community or society. It's a type of mass insanity caused by uncertainty about the future. Moral panics are almost always driven by three groups. Parents, authority figures, cops, religious leaders, politicians, and the media, which tries to scare you to death. Moral panics are a culturally constructed myth that gives shape and form to feelings of anxiety and uncertainty about the future that tend to be experienced during periods of rapid and unpredictable social change. The human mind isn't very good at adapting to change, and moral panics are created out of this state of fear. A good example of a current moral panic is the hysteria in red states over the teaching of critical race theory, the dreaded CRT. It is even being banned in certain states such as Texas. Texas has had a great week. You know, because slavery never happened. Yeah, that's what they think. They were just servants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the record... I am not a proponent of CRT. I believe it is divisive and only harms race relations in America. But I also believe the right-wing freakout over it is ridiculous at best and racist at worst. The baby boomers are the masters of moral panic. It has come to be a defining trait of that generation. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
Guys, uh, Stephanie and I were much more rational in our fears as children. You see, we were afraid that extraterrestrials were going to abduct us from our bedrooms. <laughs> I was worried my teacher was an alien, not a devil worshiper. <laughs> Although I was told by my grandmother that my teacher was a devil worshiper. <laughs> I would see a light in the sky at night and start to panic. I suspect this satanic panic, this was the satanic panic affecting me in a different way because I didn't believe in God. Yeah, you heard that. I, didn't, I don't believe in God. I'm a heretic. My grandmother uh, was an interesting woman. Uh, I've talked about her before, but I think we're going to talk about her a little more to establish what she t- would tell me as a child. She told me that devil worshippers were everywhere, that my teachers were devil worshippers. She would see somebody and say, they're a devil worshipper. Like, how do you know? Because the way they look, the way they walk. She would, we stopped going to church because she became convinced there were devil worshippers in the church. In your Baptist church. Yeah. Yeah, I was raised... Southern Baptist. Yeah, which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Southern Baptist, you're bad. <laughs> well, uh, too fundamentalisty here. <laughs> she told me, because I, I would watch He-Man, and she told me that Skeletor and He-Man were the same person, and that He-Man was going to crawl in bed with me at night and turn into Skeletor. I mean, as a child, that's terrifying. Right. You know, skeletons, you know, crawling in bed with you or... <laughs> Or grown men, muscular men crawling in bed with you as a child is, it's kind of scary. I vaguely recall something about the conflation of Skeletor and He-Man. My brother was super into it. I liked She-Ra. Um, but yeah, I just remember just hear you would hear Also Transformers. So she made me scared of Transformers. Yeah, you would hear these weird things as a kid, uh, like third party in a way, like it would kind of cr- come across the ethos in your household. Um my about pop culture stuff like you know he-man being like some kind my of my grandmother was somebody thing. who would watch the 700 club and for those of you who don't know what that is it's a televangelist christian right program uh, hosted by pat robinson and a bunch of other lunatics wasn't it on like 24 hours a day uh no i think it comes on it came on like uh the christian broadcasting network i think is what it's called uh but Sundays were the worst. You could not, cha- and back then there were no channels. Oh, there was all the televangelists. So it was like four or five channels, and you'd switch it to something, and then it was just always a tele, especially in the 80s. <laughs> but, any- but anyway, she would be watching this while playing with tarot cards. <laughs> so wrap your brain around that for a second. <laughs> like, there's literally a card with Satan on it, and she's playing with this stuff while watching a show talking about, you know, Satan and how devil worshippers are everywhere and metal music is turning us all into serial killers and but at this time is she convinced that she's psychic now that that she has abilities no she's just fucking around with cards <laughs> where did she get this, this shit this well it's also from this idea so they hung this uh blanket up in the rv because we, we lived in an rv for a time and it was like a blanket of noah's ark with all like the a animal. tapestry blanket yeah you know really hideous <laughs> ugly <laughs> But she looked at it and she thought she saw a vision in this blanket. And it was from God telling her where the Dell Worshippers were in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is not made up. With this glowing is... red eyes? No, they were just red with horns. Red with horns? Yeah. yeah. I, th- this was a common belief, though, by a lot of people, that the devil was real. He was walking here on earth. He was a... That's still to this day, people believe that, you know? There's people that listen to this podcast. I know believe that. So. Well, it's it was weird for me because we were I was raised Methodist, and they're the Methodists are really easygoing when it comes to uh, Satan and stuff. They're not like huge hellfire brimstone advocates yes, when they yes. when they preach. So 
even that made its way a little bit. And my mom, who was pretty rational, she was a school teacher, like I said, uh, American history, uh, Kansas history, and a reading teacher. She's a very grounded person. But even still, the... Everybody got caught up in the hysteria. Right. And part of that, it kind of goes back to, so... Because it became the norm. So, um, Unsolved Mysteries is on. You have, um, um, what's it called? America's Most Wanted. And the story of John Walsh's poor child who was abducted. Um, this is what I was talking about, the stranger danger panic. Right. And and, and he was um, sexually assaulted and murdered in, in a most horrific and hideous way. Uh, that scared the shit out of my mom and every other and parent. Plenty of parents. Yeah. Plenty of parents because he was, I think, was he on like a playground or something? Like they were watching him. He was at a mall, I or believe. A mall, yeah. yeah. So he's he's there with their parents, but this person stole him so quickly. I mean, all you have to do is turn your turn your head for a second. And it really put the the focus that there were people who could kidnap your children and do unspeakable things yeah. to them. So this is also a part of... You know, it, and it, then they're Satanists. So I don't think John Walsh is trying to uh, encourage there's the actually a th- panic, but there is a fear of strangers. There's and actually there's a fear a, of, of people harming your children. There's actually a theory that Jeffrey Dahmer abducted John Walsh because, you know, everything's about Jeffrey Dahmer. It's I don't it's bogus. I've, I've looked into it, but yeah. OK, so I think it's time to define what a moral pan- panic is because we haven't really properly defined it, I think. A moral panic is a widespread feeling of fear, often an irrational one, that some evil person or group threatens the values, interest, or well-being of a community or a society. So stranger danger would be a good example of a moral panic. Another moral panic was Hitler demonizing the Jewish people. Well, yeah, that's that happened before Hitler, though. That's ancient. True, but he really weaponized the hell the out of that. The Christian church yeah. did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moral panics are almost always created by three groups— Parents, figures of authority, Hitler, churches, Hitler, cops, politicians, Hitler, and the media. Definitely the media. The media is always complicit in fear mongering. Guess who else used the media? Hitler. I know. We get it. Stuff. <laughs> it doesn't care about you. The media doesn't. Uh, most so called journalists only want to create a culture of fear to make money. Left, right, doesn't matter. The media, like America as a whole, is a business. Their only truth is money. Fear makes money. Uh, everything is clickbait, fear-mongering, and exaggerated. And this is also the alternative media, the conspiracy media. They're also fear-mongering. That's, if it bleeds, it leads. They're making money off mm-hmm. you, too. So we're got, attacking everybody in this podcast. It makes it really hard to consume news and, and understand what is objective truth because we have eliminated what objective truth is in, in uh, broadcasting and in journalism. And when you do that, this just makes more room well, for conspiracies and... and America has collectively lost their minds. This is what Kurt Anderson <laughs> says, yeah. and he's very right. So you had, in the 80s, you had quality journalists like Oprah, Geraldo, <laughs> Donahue, Sully, Jesse, Raphael, uh, who helped to create an atmosphere of fear and dread about satanic cults targeting children. Gotta get those ratings. They platform members of law enforcement and so-called expert or experts on satanic ritual abuse who validated fears about occult influence threatening kids and teenagers. And I bet they made a lot of money doing that shit. I mean, the guests, too. Yes, well, Geraldo made his name doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Housewives everywhere were terrified, Stephanie. Right. They were all asking to speak to the manager. <laughs> it was all sensationalized to the point of absurdity. And there's a, there's a law enforcement's guide to uh, satanic cults. You guys need to go YouTube, on YouTube. That, Google it for YouTube. It is, 
at least watch the Mol- Moltron guy. The first 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But you just get to the Moltron guy. He's horrible. And, but he's hilarious at the same it's time. It's a guy going around pointing at trees that they've just painted with pentagrams saying, this is where the cults are and the gays and the it, gay it's cult. It's all staged. It's obviously The gays staged. and the Satanists are all in together. He tries to say a mushroom is satanic. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this mushroom is satanic. And he says he's, he was he used to be in a satanic cult. But now he's like a Christian. But then he was like a new ager. And then later he had another cult of his own. And how did he die? He was hit by a car. <laughs> Obviously driven by Satanists. <laughs> you know, Marilyn Manson was driving the car because, you know, he's scary. <laughs> I guess he is really scary now. Uh, other examples of moral panic would be uh, the Salem witch trials, Stephanie's ancestors. <laughs> I'm kidding. They were not witches, just innocent people murdered by zealots and dogs. You had the Red Scare during the 40s and 50s. McCarthyism. The communists next door. Yeah. You know, this is this type of thing. Zoomers have no idea what the fuck that is. Yeah. And then we have my favorite, Dungeons and Dragons. In the 80s, it was believed that playing the fantasy tabletop game Dungeons and Dragons was a gateway into dabbling into the occult. And that it could cause teenagers to commit suicide, succumb to drug addiction, and even summon demons. I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. In 1982, uh, a high school student named Irving Lee Pulling died by shooting himself in the chest. His mother, Patricia, believed her son's suicide was caused by him playing D&D. She refused to believe that her son suffered from mental health issues. I bet Tolkien was just rolling in his grave. (laughs) I bet Tolkien didn't believe in mental health issues either. It was clear that a more complex psychological factors were at play. Um... One of his classmates commented uh, that he had problems that weren't associated with any games. Several of his classmates said, yeah, he had some mental health issues. At first, Patricia attempted to sue her son's uh, high school principal, claiming the curse placed upon her son in, during a D&D game by the principal was real. So the principal killed her son with a D&D game. And if you don't know what D&D is, it's basically like it's a story game. You you have it's like your vi- your favorite video games of of being a knight errant or something like that. You know, you got to battle a dark dragon. Souls, yeah, stuff like that. The Witcher, I've been playing things yeah. like that. It, it's it's very it all comes from Tolkien, but they turned it into a an actual fantasy game that you would play with your friends and you would make up stories and you have like the dungeon master and that's the person who is like has all the rules and and what's going to happen next, and then everyone else gets to kind of play in this like pretend world. And you roll a bunch of fancy dice to see. It's for nerds. It's super nerdy, but it's super fun, too. It's for dorks. <laughs> Shut up. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, I say that, and then I go play Dark Souls. <laughs> she also sued the publishers of D&D. Despite the court dismissing these cases, Pulling continued her campaign by form- forming a group called Bothered Against Dungeons & Dragons. Bad. With two Ds. Pulling described D&D as a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, Voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics. How romantic. Divination and other teachings. Uh, Basically, this woman's worst fear was that her son could be gay. That was her, her nightmare. And apparently he was. Yeah. 
So that probably had something to do with why he committed suicide. Yes, or he just had mental health issues. But regardless, she wasn't hearing any of that. It was yeah, a but game. If he's closeted and you're living in a time period that being gay is anathema, and which is the have, '80s, have a mother who also hates this idea that that you could be different. Um, that's not going to do much for your your well being. Let's just say. Yeah. Uh, for the record, Steph, I have never played D and D. In fact, in high school, I was too busy having sex. Shut up. <laughs> I did, however, listen to Iron Maiden and Marilyn Manson. You know, satanic cyanide injected to, into my veins, Dark Lord. Metallica. Yeah. I love Nirvana. Yeah. Well, I can see the suicide with Nirvana because you know he killed himself. That was even before that. They were yeah. like all pissed off. And about the lyrics, the, I don't have a gun. The baby penis on the the cover of his. Uh, Oh, this is a Tipper Gore thing. The Tipper Gore thing. Yeah. We, we could do a whole podcast on that. I do want to mention, I do want to mention, so back in the 80s and 90s when when CDs became, tapes and then CDs, particularly CDs, You're talking out. about ancient technology. I know, I know. Ancient technology. You are dating the fuck out of yourself. This is, I'm 26. So. No, you're 25. Oh, yeah. I'm 25. That's what that person said that <laughs> crazy lady so in order to get your music the largest purveyor of cds across the nation was walmart and <sighs> tipper gore and her ilk convinced walmart and um music labels to censor their artists so they would have so if you went to like sam goody or best buy you could get an uncensored album however if you bought that same record and it had any kind of cuss words on it if it seemed any kind of weird on it, they had a label. They actually put one of those parental advisory labels over the baby penis for the Nirvana album. Oh, I album. remember. I remember. Yeah, and it wasn't just a... St- first, they were stickers, and then later, they were literally printed into the artwork itself. So this this upset quite a few musicians and artists everywhere it's because a, it's just crazy censorship over something that's not real. It's a Christian nation, Stephanie. Right, because they were convinced that their music w- was was were causing people to kill and be satanic and all this other crazy or mental shit. illness, mental suicide, illness, all these you know. other just ridiculous things. Have like, bad morals like Stephanie. <laughs> be promiscuous. <laughs> Not even promiscuous. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> With you. I know. Gross. <laughs> uh, so then we have violence in video games. I like this one a lot because Stephanie and I lived through this. Um, in the 90s, it was mostly white-wing crazies trying to get violent video games banned, despite the fact that studies have never shown a link between violence and inter- entertainment and violence in the real world. They were still like, no, these these horrible games like Mortal Kombat. Well, haven't they even shown the opposite, that they're a stress reliever? They are. I mean... To ten- for tension? You know, I don't have the date in front of me because I'm not that big of a dork. But, uh, yeah, they... It's supposedly it can help mental health. Right. So rather than having road rage, you go home and you play Mortal Kombat and you beat the shit out of somebody and you feel better. Or Grand Theft Auto. Oh, Grand Theft Auto is my favorite. But in the 90s, it was Mortal Kombat or it was these, you know. Street Fighter. Violent fighting games and bad people played them like me. (laughs) I was bad. Uh, now it is mostly on the far left with the rise of woke culture and social media, trying to sanitize or police women bodies in video games or condemn violent video games as a form of toxic masculinity. Same shit, different laxative. Now I will say that gamer culture is fucking toxic, super toxic. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff, some of the depictions of women in games are gross or just ridiculous looking. A lot of it is influenced by anime, which is, you know. That's where it gets pretty gross. But ruining Dragon Age, man. They ruined Dragon Age. You're good. 
The SJWs are coming for you, stuff. Fuck that. They ruined my I, fucking I don't, game. We don't like the term SJW. They glitched but. out my goddamn game, and they ruined it. And then they went and ruined my other favorite game. Um, shit, what's it called? The sci-fi one. Oh, Mass Effect. Yeah, and they had the beautiful Natalie Dormer. Uh, they used her for uh, for one of the, as not just a voice actress, but they they mapped her face, and then uh, the religious left came in and they said, "No, no, you can't have beautiful women in your games." And they just they just we, eliminated it. This podcast is not like cults of any kind. No, we see the uh, some of the woke stuff as a secular religion, even though we're very socially liberal and we support trans rights, gay rights, you name it, feminism. I'm a feminist. Although, you know, sometimes I don't sound like one, but yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we don't like the super woke, moralizing nonsense. Right, because with Dragon Age, this is what they did. They, they It's a moral panic. It was weird. They covered up all the playable characters and even the NPCs, like up to the neck, down to the arms. It was very, very, very... Um, uh, demu- like this not is, even demure. This is a new Satanism. And then they took out a part of the game where, because this is this is with any open world kind of fantasy games, is that you can change your clothes, your hairstyle. They took all that shit out, and it was such a bummer because I I loved that game. It was really fun, and I waited for years for these things to come out because they take so long. I to remember make. I bought them for you. I remember, mm-hmm. and I was really de- depressed. <laughs> we've kind of gotten away from that now, though. Games are back to being violent and cool. Games. Yeah, yeah. They they've finally have turned the page of like, fuck it, nobody cares and because anybody, they lost a lot of money. If anybody listening to this, I love The Last of Us too. If you don't, go fuck yourself. It's a great story. Anyway, uh, moving on, we have razor blades and Halloween candy. Now, this is a big thing in the eighties. I Guess it still exists. My grandmother was convinced that Dell Warshbers were putting needles or razor blades in the candy I would get, mm-hmm. and I was never allowed to eat it before it was carefully examined. Uh, I was just always pissed they gave out candy because I just wanted money. I didn't want fucking Skittles. Man, I like the Snickers. Those were amazing. The Mars bars. I the only the only case of somebody being poisoned by uh, candy like this, I think, was from the, their own father did it to them. Yeah, and this turns into a whole thing of Satanist, and my mom would even go through all the candy. Even the lady up the street who made these adorable popcorn caramel balls, she would she cut through them, and we were just like, Mom, this is so stupid. What One are you doing? One of my favorite Misfit songs is... Like, she didn't put razor blades. The nice little old lady did not put razor blades in the popcorn balls. One of my favorite Misfit songs is Halloween, and there's a line in it, Candy apples and razor blades, <laughs> little dead are soon in graves. I remember Halloween. I love that song. Uh, dangerous pit bulls. This one exists to this day. Um, pit bulls are often viewed as a scapegoat for many of the violent crimes that occur against people and other animals in our society. The media has created this mythology that pit bulls are violent, malicious dogs that attack and kill children. Always the children, Stephanie. <laughs> Always the children. After a series of high-profile dog attacks on children in the UK, the British press began to engage in a campaign against so-called dangerous dog breeds, especially pit bulls, which bore all the hallmarks of a moral panic. The media pressure led to the Parliament in the UK to hastily introduce the Dangerous Dog Act of 1991, which has been criticized as one of the worst pieces of legislation ever written. I think they've done similar things like this around the United States, too, at least in like uh, local municipalities, if you can even own a pit bull. Yeah. I hate calling them pit bulls because that's not what they are. They were nanny dogs. There's also this association with like gang members of pit bulls. Yeah, but they were bred to literally watch over people's children and they did it very well. They were good at that. Or like gang members or, 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 you know, 
black people have pit bulls. Yeah, and I'll, I'll digr- I'm, I'm going to digress into this, but uh, thankfully, someone like Caesar Milan has come along and has really destigmatized um, the bully breed, and then later things like the dodo. So if you watch uh, those animal it's, videos, it's actually been referred to animal racism, which it, I think is interesting. It's that an interesting is interesting. Idea. Yeah, because you're you're saying that the the animal itself is the problem, not the humans who own the animals. Okay, so the next one. Uh, I don't know if any Zoomers out there know what we're go- remember this, but uh, we're kill- Zoomers. Remember, I'm 25. Uh, killer bees, oh, now yeah. murder hornets. But whatever happened to killer bee stuff? <laughs> well, what, I, I was I, 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 was, of I was told by the media in 1987 that they the X Files was like talking about the bees too. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to get into that discussion again. <laughs> I was told by the media uh, back in the 80s that they would. We'd all be dead by now. The bees would kill us all. They'd kill the other bees. They were coming up from South America. What happened? I'm still alive. I'm here. <laughs> I think there was a slight overreaction. Uh, yeah, and it turns out really what they were doing was uh, they were some crossbreed that wasn't supposed to happen. And they're basically, they were killing regular honeybees, which we need to pollinate all of our delicious foods that we love so much, like coffee and chocolate. Mm. Or, you know, your favorite almonds for that almond milk. You need bees. You need bees to do yeah. all that stuff. But the the... What is it? The Africanized uh, killer bees. bees. Or, yeah. they, they didn't make honey. They they they're like really messed up. They don't do what it. Was, it to was it was just fear. But yeah, it was weird how they turned like like it's basically um like a, a not biological but um I'm sorry I can't think murder of the, hornets. I can't think of the word for ecology. Okay, <laughs> an ecological problem there. <laughs> Into this panic, moral panic. Right, right. So next we have AIDS and HIV, which. You know, bigots tried to label as the gay plague or a disease only gay people or black people mm-hmm. could get. Not just black people, the blacks. The blacks, mm-hmm. yes, the scary black people. That was another thing, the sketches of scary scary black men. You know, the suspect was always a black man. The, the police sketch was always a scary black man's face yeah. on the local news at night. Uh, it was thought by uh, Christians, AIDS was, that it was a fear disease uh, created out of what they considered to be abnormal sex acts. You know, like necromantics. <laughs> In the 1990s, uh, there was a popular theory, my grandmother believed in it, uh, alleging that HIV originated originated from humans having sex with chimpanzees. I heard this. This theory was debunked by numerous scientists, but we shouldn't listen to scientists, Stephanie. But see, not just humans, the blacks. That's who they thought. They were like, it was the blacks. So it's inherent racism. Surrounding yeah, most of these are rooted in a racism or fear, homophobia, fear of the other, right? You know, right. or this out in group out group thing. And again, it takes someone like Magic Johnson getting this horrible disease and then saying, "You know, we, we all need to be careful and stop demonizing people." So he did a lot of good things to help. And now we come back around because the circle is complete. Because now we have uh, the Satanic Panic 2.0 boomers unable to adjust to a rapidly changing society, what is known as QAnon, or a rapidly changing pandemic. Yeah. Called COVID-19. QAnon, what I call trailer park Scientology, (laughs) MAGA, and the cult of Trumpism. What happens when irrational fear is let loose on the world wide web? That was a thing back in the 90s. They called it the WWW, the world wide web. We were all so optimistic about what it could do. We really did. We just had this kind of stupid, like, oh, how foolish we all. were. It'll connect us. Although I, I'm optimistic about the future. Stephanie thinks we're all going to die in a fire. Or something. <laughs> well, yeah, the earth is on fire. It's going to yeah, get it's going to be because you, your spells. You're going to cast, <laughs> burn everybody to death. I'm uh, not Yennefer of Vingerberg. Moral panics tend to happen in times of profound change or uncertainty. This is what is known in sociology as subversion ideology. 
a culturally constructed myth that gives shape and form to feelings of anxiety and certainty about the future that tend to be experienced in rapid periods of change and unpredictable social uh, upheaval, which is what we're going through kind of right now. The human mind isn't very good at adapting to change, and moral panics are created out of this heightened state of fear. It's a type of mass hysteria or mass psychosis caused by concern about the future. Right. So you have, I mean, the past, like, what, three, four decades, a lot of technological just brilliance has emerged. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, social media, the rise of social media. Emer- emerging technologies uh, that we just Completely warped have. our politics. I mean, the telephone did it, and that was over, like, 100 years. But then we've now we've got, like, telephones in our pockets. And on those little telephones are, like, our computers. Little computers. And they can do it in a... Mat- and we're all smarter by holding that. Just having that makes us smarter. Or right. maybe dumber. I don't know. I think both... <laughs> <laughs> well, Elon Musk said it makes us smarter, and I think he is kind of right about that. He's wrong about a lot of things, but I do think he's kind of true about it. It's, it's kind of true. Uh, the subversion ideology may be transmitted in, uh, informally by word of mouth or has more plausible uh, transformation through mass media. Facebook. Facebook. Fucking Facebook. Facebook. Goddamn Facebook. If I could napalm Facebook, and yes, I know that our podcast is up over on facebook because you basically can't do anything are you advertising the podcast is this like a a plug (laughs) not really sort of but you can't do anything with a business unless you're putting it up on the socials that you hate so that's the ironic thing of social media QAnon would not exist without social media no uh donald trump would not be president without social media and the hysteria over uh, and a immig- Fox News immigrants, that, yeah, that promotes propaganda twenty four seven. When an idea takes hold in the mind of the gullible or the stupid, it's already too late. Mm-hmm. Look no further than the idea of ingesting bleach to protect yourself against COVID nineteen. And people did this. You just Google it, duck duck go it. I don't care. Google yeah. it. Yeah, it's up there. People actually drank fucking bleach, and they either died from it or were seriously injured. Hell, dude, send your mama and daddy out of the room. I gotta get you up on this. You know who I am. Snake, dealing in weed, coke, crack, your choice. Take one hit and you'll do anything to cop more. Steal from your mama, lie, cheat on your homeboys. But hey, that's the price you pay when you deal with dudes like me. Now, some folks will tell you that I'm dealing in poison. But hey, do I look like the kind of guy that would do that to a kid like you? Yes. So the other uh, moral panic in the 80s was the war on drugs. Uh, Anybody remember the D.A.R.E. program in the (laughs) 80s and 90s? This was rooted in racism. The fear of white middle America that black people were getting their precious white teens from the suburbs hooked on crack cocaine. Crack. There was also the crack babies. This was the... uh, Yeah. I I forgot all about this, but it just hit my head into my brain. Like, crack babies. That was a fear. What does D.A.R.E. stand for? I don't know. I'm, I think it's drugs are really exciting. Yeah. I ignore authority figures, so I just didn't hear it. One thing they did in my um, elementary school is they brought in this ginormous trifold cardboard, like white cardboard thing and attached, and it was huge. And I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, and they had uh, little baggies full of drugs and paraphernalia, drug paraphernalia, all over this thing. And it was massive it wasn't like the one you could buy in walmart or something they like they had to go to a specialty store to get this huge thing and they're showing us all this stuff and honestly they're just making it sound exciting to do well and you're a rebellious young woman still are but i mean i i i I never used illicit drugs we've uh, seen your pics stephanie (laughs) on instagram but they were making us i could tell my classmates were like hmm 
what's that? Did they show that shit to you when you were in a kid? I think they did. I just tuned it out. I was too busy worshiping the devil. So, and the cops were always really creepy because they were trying to be like best friends with the students. And I'm your pal. They would give out candy, which it's just kind of the image of that is just (laughs) kind of terrifying. But yeah, like yeah, you all sat and listened to our stupid speech, and it was there was we called him Officer Dare. That's who would come. To, I remember what he looked like too. That is gray haired guy. Whitest thing I've ever heard. Officer Dare, and he would make friends with all the school children. And uh, like once a month, they would have these things like just say no to drugs. What if Officer Dare was Satan? <laughs> what if, you know, he could have been Lou. I think Lou told me that he was that Dare was started by Satanists. But see, then Dare wasn't good enough. Then they were like, then there was the boogeyman of gangs. Yes. Gangs. Blacks. And so they made another Black thing called people. Great. And I don't know what the Racism. hell that stands for, but I think it's gangs really excite America's teens. This is racist shit. It is very racist because, again, it's uh, the blacks are coming to get your white little children uh, and, and turn them into little gang members. Or drug addicts. And drug addicts. Yeah. Now, the town I grew up in actually did have gang members because they were they came in from the west coast because we have a huge prison system yes so and they were all kinds of colors it didn't it, they weren't just black people they were everybody they were whites hispanic everybody yeah, we had everybody i remember it's a military town it's also we have like at the time we had four or five prisons where i think we're down to maybe three mm-hmm. so, but it's still like a big i remember we have a federal prison and we've got state prisons here and then also a military prison yeah it was a strange, lots of incarcerated people here it was a strange time i mm-hmm. will say that dare uh is looked upon as an abysmal failure uh by the two stupidest groups in america parents and law enforcement the yeah. two dummies the two yeah. pillars of stupidity in america okay um guys this is just another all these examples are of moral panics and it's just created out of fear um and we're having fun with this. We're laughing. But there were people whose lives were ruined by these moral panics. And after the break, Stephanie and I are going to talk about some of the real victims of uh, the satanic abuse horseshit. Mm-hmm. Those whose lives were ruined by false allegations of satanic ritual abuse. Oh, and some naked movie star games as well. The FBI's 1988 Uniform Crime Report indicates more than 18,000 murder investigations during that year, and 26% of those murders were listed as bizarre or ritualistic. In that same year, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children listed more than 9,000 unresolved cases of missing children. The National Clearinghouse on Satanic Crime in America estimates 50% of the cases of missing children and bizarre murders may be linked directly to satanic and other occult organizations. It is common for these groups to kidnap their victims, usually infants and young children, from hospitals, orphanages, shopping centers, or off the streets. Others live and die without a trace. This is because some children are born to cult members and later killed, so there are no records of their births or deaths. So I want to be clear. Child abuse does exist. It is real, and it is horrific. In Texas, when I was in the second grade, I was the victim of child abuse. I was slapped by a teacher in one of my classes for biting my fingernails. It was a private school for gifted children. My grandmother 
threatened to splatter the brains of the teacher. She always went to bat for me. She, of course, thought the teacher was a part of a satanic cult. Uh, She removed me almost immediately from the school. The claims you're about to hear are bizarre and cartoonish. They border on the comical. Well, and that teacher who slapped you, it, she slapped you so hard, uh, she burst your eardrum. Mm-hmm. And, That's correct. And you've sustained permanent hearing loss. Yeah, and these aren't false memories. These are real memories. <laughs> real memories. So. And I don't think they did anything to her, did they? Yeah, no. I don't know. I left. We're gone. We vanished into the night. So in the 1980s, he had all these social workers reading, now debunked, Michelle Remembers and watching Geraldo. They never questioned what they read or were watching. Kind of like today where everyone gets their news from Facebook and YouTube. I have done my own research stuff. <laughs> the internet is pure truth. <laughs> Daytime talk shows help fan the flames of a global satanic conspiracy at work in the world. What does that sound like? Yeah. Q. Pizzagate. Social workers, law enforcement, and community leaders became swept up in this hysteria. That Satan cultists were everywhere. The cults allegedly went back many generations and were as powerful as they were secretive, including among their ranks doctors, lawyers, the clergy, police officers, and prominent business and political leaders. They could be next-door neighbors, your schoolteacher, your parents. Even He-Man or (laughs) Ronald McDonald. You know, my grandmother was afraid to take me to McDonald's because she thought that Ronald was going to snatch me into his van and kidnap me. She kept saying the van would glow in the dark. Why? I have no idea. I don't see how that's relevant, but that was, she emphasized that. Oh, she also told me Mr. Rogers, I'm not making this up. She said Mr. Rogers was trying to molest me through the television. Mr. Rogers is like the most wholesome human being on planet Earth in the 20th century. That's just his outward face. Oh, stop. <laughs> you know, I even had heard about the the Ronald McDonald stuff. It had even filtered over. Well, there was a thing here in Kansas City, a, a case <laughs> I, I read about where there was a Supposedly, there was a ring of pedophiles. One of them dressed up like a, a dog and, and a gorilla suit and they and a bird or like big bird or something. And they were in a van. They were traveling around abducting kids. And one was a clown. Too. Oh, gross. Yeah. I, now, whether that's true or not, who who the fuck knows? But was that was that just like 10 years ago when all those no, clowns were No, it was 1980. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they came back. All right. It was the allegations. <laughs> yes. There were allegations of ritual abuse at a preschool in Southern California, which led to the longest, most expensive trial in U.S. history, the infamous McMartin preschool case, which resulted in zero convictions, became emblematic of the satanic panic, a literal 20th century witchcraft trial. Mm-hmm. The investigator's bias resulted in children recalling stories of witches flying, traveling in hot air balloons, and having to play naked movie star games with Chuck Norris in secret tunnels. Ah, yes, Chuck Norris, satanic mastermind. (laughs) With his high-flying kicks. Yeah. There were claims of orgies at car washes and airports, and of children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they would be abused, then cleaned up and presented back to their parents. We believe the children, no matter how ridiculous the allegations. I especially like the image of the children being flushed down toilets. How do you fit a kid down a toilet? The police and parents heard this, and they were like, (laughs) yep, must be true. (laughs) The children were supposedly frightened into silence with bloody animal mutilations and forced to watch a rabbit sacrificed on a church altar. What church? I don't know. A parakeet squeezed to death. And a pony killed before their very eyes. They were found to be unbelievable. Yet, these incidents all supposedly happened in the secret tunnels under the preschool. Yeah, the police actually excavated the school looking for the tunnels. 
your tax dollars at work. <laughs> the whole thing started when a woman named Judy Johnson accused her estranged husband and McMartin teacher Ray Buckley of sodomizing her son. She became convinced that her son had been molested after he had painful bowel movements. You know, not because she had crappy parenting skills or was feeding him no vegetables. So or when I can't poop, it's because I've been molested, right? Right. <laughs> yep. Not not that you need prunes. Yep. Not yet. Johnson was later diagnosed with and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia and in 1986 was found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism before the preliminary hearings even concluded. That's a polite way of saying she was stark raving mad. Right. Right. And she ruined their lives. Yeah. Today, the children's claims are believed to have been false memories planted by the suggestive questioning of parents, law enforcement, and therapists. Lives were ruined, and the children were abused by the very people claiming to protect them. I can't imagine what it's like to be them growing up now, knowing no, that right. this was done on, done to them and done in their name. Sorry, Twitter. Mental illness can harm other people, and this is a good example of that. Then you have Francis and Dan Keller, who ran a daycare in Austin, Texas. In 1991, when Fran Keller and her husband Dan were accused of some truly bizarre forms of satanic ritual abuse. They were accused of drowning and dismembering babies in front of the children. Oh, yeah. Killing dogs and cats in front of the children. Transporting the children to Mexico to be sexually abused by soldiers in the Mexican army. Not, not a little, little racist there. <laughs> Dressing as pumpkins and shooting children in the arms and legs. Don't we all do that? <laughs> Cutting the arm or finger off a gorilla at a local zoo. Okay. <laughs> Exhuming bodies at a cemetery. Forcing children to carry the bones. I guess from the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> the couple even served blood-laced Kool-Aid and forced them to have videotaped sex with adults and other children. But were they molested by the Kool-Aid man? <laughs> this is what I really want to know. Oh, yeah. Then reverting back to normal so they could be picked up from daycare by their unsuspecting parents. I'm glad no one was foolish enough to believe this nonsense, right, Steph? These people, this nobody believed this and everything worked out fine. Mm, wrong. In 1992, the Kellers were convicted of aggravated sexual assault on a child and each sentenced to 48 years in prison apiece. Nice. The investigation into their supposed crimes took slightly more than a year, the trial only six days. And as an aside, the main child witness recanted her entire testimony in the face of coercive pressure from the prosecution. Yep. It did not matter. The prosecution was carrying out a witch hunt, and the witches is what they were going to get. Yep. The Kellers were convicted of multiple charges and sentenced to 48 years in prison, but were freed in 2013 based on newly revealed information about misconduct by the prosecution and other authorities. Yeah, no shit. The charges against them are dismissed in 2017. And the Kellers were declared actually innocent, entitling them to compensation for the lost years of their lives. It destroyed their marriage, and Fran was repeatedly raped in prison. Don was nearly beaten to death because he was labeled a child predator. It's horrible. Yeah. And in August 2017, they were awarded $3.4 million in compensation for the wrongful conviction. I'm just going to say that $3.4 million doesn't even scratch the surface. No. No, what they're owed. No. Because you can't get those years back. You can't get your well-being back. And the daycare, the way it was described, it was it was like a, a cottage fairy tale. They actually um, specialized in helping children with special needs. So children with autism and other, um, like kind of I, what we know as sensory. Uh, uh, yeah. I can't think of the word. Disabilities, that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, back then, I think they called them like behavioral disorders and 
things like and that. And they might look, they might have spanked the kids. Who I don't fucking know. Right, but, that was more common in the but, 80s, but they were very they were They didn't you know, take them to dig up corpses. Right. They even had a pony. They had a pony for the children to feed and ride. So they even had like animal integration, which we know helps children. I mean, all children, but particularly children who have um, any kind of uh, mental difficulties or emotional uh, things that like sensor, like sensory. And what what was the deal with the cutting off the finger of a gorilla? What? what? (laughs) They went to a zoo, but they cut that finger off. What? I don't understand. Why, why is this relevant to anything? Like or being shot in the arms and legs. Yet none of dressed that sh- as, dressed as pumpkins. None of that shows up. You know they're they're fine by the end of the day. All this happened, but there's no marks on them. Today they would be dressed as James Corden. And again, yeah. <laughs> and again, these kids these kids are abused. They're being abused by their parents. They're being abused by the people who are supposed to protect them. These social the real workers. abusers are the professionals and the law enforcement and the parents. May, implanting false memories in children. What that means is that they're continually questioning them over and over and over again for hours at a time until they finally say what they want to hear, what the adults want to yeah, hear. Yeah, they're driving them to the answers. So, it because we've listened to them and it, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> it's really disgusting. I, I don't recommend it. I'll just take my word for it. You can look more into it if now, you want. It should be noted the FBI concluded a seven-year study and found little to no evidence of the existence of a satanic conspiracy. There has never been any widespread evidence of a satanic conspiracy. And if my grandmother was alive here today, she would say you can't trust the FBI because they have been (laughs) infiltrated by devil worshippers. (laughs) The satanic scare of the 80s and 90s was a moral panic created by hysterical parents, overzealous law enforcement, and Oprah and Geraldo. Fuck them both. Oprah never even apologized. At least Geraldo. She never will. She Oprah is what's her name from the Suicide Squad? The the villainous black lady. I forget her name. But Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola Davis. Uh, Amanda Waller. That's her. She's Amanda Waller. Well, they wanted to cast her in that role initially. (laughs) She probably was like, "I'm a good person. Why would anyone ever (laughs) think that I would be a bad bitch?" Look, I like listening to Oprah sometimes. Some of her interviews are really good, but I do. I remember her career because I grew up watching her with my mother as a child. I just know evil when I see it. <laughs> and, you know, she's she hasn't always been uh, honest or truthful. She's like James Corden. She's just a narcissist who wants to make a lot of money. Yeah, same yeah exactly. for Same for Geraldo. And she peddled Dr. Oz. Sally and Jesse Raphael and, and everybody's favorite, Nancy Grace, Dr. who I, I listen to. Nancy Grace, I've listened to her. She's entertaining sometimes. But, yeah, they're all crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Phil. I was going to say, she gave us Dr. Phil and that stupid book, The Truth, which is just Dr. Oz is a fucking hack. <laughs> that guy. I, I, is, I thought he was like some kind of a cardiac specialist. And it turns out he's not even that. No, he's probably telling people to take ivermectin. Jesus Joe Christ. Rogan turned him on and said, I'm taking the horse juice. <laughs> now it turns into a horse. <laughs> there was this thing called the Believe the Children movement back in the 80s. And I, the, I vaguely remember the that. The Believe too. the Children mm-hmm. movement ruin lives rather than save them and i bet all those people today are now members of QAnon. yeah because instead all they did was censor music and and the video games moral of the story never believe anyone without evidence i don't care if it's a woman saying she was raped if it's a child saying she's raped if they have no evidence and they have no corroborating witnesses or it's just what you know well you take you take it seriously and then you investigate logically and if you can't find proof then fuck it yeah because I'm I'm all for me too. We're not saying this, but this is this is me too. There is some eerie similarities here, and on the fringes of this, because like George Takai, <laughs> they tried to accuse this guy tried to exploit him, set him up, mm-hmm. you know, 
And there's and, been other celebrities that have done that too who are obviously not. You know, Harvey Weinstein, rotten hell. Yeah. Okay. Donald Trump's a fucking rapist. Right. He should rot He's in hell. He's a serial rapist. Yeah. Of fuck fuck all these people. But not everybody is. Sometimes women lie. Sometimes children lie. Sometimes children are pressed to lie. Well, I won't. I'm not even going to say that there aren't. Uh, child sex rings because we know that there there are in the UK especially yeah in the UK but they're all around the world that we have um, sex trafficking happens everywhere but this idea that every town's got a cult and they're all that's bullshit it's a secret underground cult and it's happening if you think that you're a a fucking moron that doesn't even exist and that's the same thing as what they were saying about the preschool of tunnels that don't fucking trial by twitter mob justice no fuck off Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything you want to say about Little Nas X? What is the deal with Little Nas X? Because I don't really follow this shit. So, with Little Nas X, there's another kind of moral panic centering around him, and unfortunately, in the black community, uh, there's machismo is king, and people tend to be very. You sound racist. It. No, I'm not. Being I'm joking. <laughs> they they're also very uh, culturally conservative, particularly around religion. There's a lot of homophobia in the black community. A lot of homophobia, unfortunately. A lot of gay black men I know talk to me about this, mm-hmm. and it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a drag queen I know actually, who's African American. Yeah, yeah, talked about this that I that I personally knew. Uh, We're not it, condemning black people, so don't send us emails yeah, saying that. Yeah. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you know we always have cult- we have cultures that that are not so tolerant and embracing of people who might be different. So what he was told his entire life is that he's going to hell and he's the devil. And it terrified him and it upset him and it made him suicidal and he felt horrible. It's horrific. It's horrific to grow up and live like that. And what happens to people who are different is you you learn coping mechanisms and humor is one of them. Uh, a lot of gay people who have had to be closeted and then can come out and live their truth have talk about this. Uh, Dan Savage actually Talks about this uh, pretty well. And this is a little lot nausex. So when he puts out, I mean, he's put out some songs and, and he's very flamboyant and already they're getting he's mad. He's trolling people. They're already mad that he's wearing pink suits with like Billy Ray Cyrus when that, that funny yeah, song. Yeah, that shit. That funny song. And I hadn't even really listened to him and it wasn't until that like Call Me By Your Name song comes out where he's like, he's basically saying, um, well, you call me the devil, so I am the devil. So he's, yeah, he's totally trolling them in the video. Well, it's, there was a shoes too with the blood in them. Or, oh, yeah, and that that was funny as shit. That scared the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, and so he's like twerking down a down a, a stripper pole into hell. And I mean, the be- the the music video is beautiful, and I think the song is super catchy. I don't give a shit. I just like to these trolling. I Christians. love that that. And so his new album is coming out, and he just did released another song, and there's like a faux naked um, dancing scene where all the men are like. You know, they look like they're naked in the shower. Yeah, I've, in I've prison seen it. Shower. <laughs> it's super funny. He should have Lindsey Graham in one of his videos. And so he's he's releasing his new album uh, later this month. And um, he's of course, pregnant. woke Twitter got really fucking mad that he didn't have black artists on his album. That he's he's working with a lot of people, and he said it's because they don't want to work with him because they're homophobic. Um, the only person that actually responded to that said, "No, I really want to work with you." Was is Kid Kid Cudi. So I'm sorry if I'm not like the most, I, I don't know the most about um, hip hop. Uh, hip hop. It's, yeah, it's not my genre that I, I, I'm, I'm the most aware about. I only listen to devil music. So uh, so that's really cool. And he's like, he's open to it. But I'm actually most excited for the song with he and Elton John, because Elton John's been putting out a lot of bangers lately. And he's got a new album coming out, too. So and people thought he was also 
Oh yeah. Well, anybody's gay. Yeah. David Bowie, who wasn't, I don't, David Bowie, I think is like bisexual, maybe whatever. But he ends up really being straight. But he freaked people out. Like, I think he's just he was bisexual. He's what he is. Yeah. I think you know there are people. There's a lot of artists. They don't want to label it. They just want to live. So Stephanie, Joseph Cornelius Hallenbach, friend of the pod, great name, uh, has written us again, and he wants to know why is every fandom full of alt right fascists? despite the ideology of the franchise being counter to their shitty worldview. Star Wars, Star Trek, and Zack Snyder new movies come to mind immediately, but you see it everywhere. Okay, so I'm going to answer this, or give my answer. Social media is full of mentally ill people whose entire identity is wrapped up in these fandoms. Fandoms have become cults. You have these warring factions of angry virgins on social media. (laughs) A lot of these guys are alienated losers with no social skills. Incels. Some of them have even been blackpilled. Blackpill adherents believe that their lot in life is genetically determined and that women choose sexual partners based solely on physical characteristics. So whether or not a person will be an incel is predetermined. So it's like social Darwinism. These people are so nihilistic they might be homicidal. Mm-hmm. They are without hope. Many mass shooters are blackpilled. And this is no joke. We're not joking here. The basements of the internet are breeding hate and violence. Most of these fanboys on social media are addicted to YouTube and are radicalized by the algorithm to hate women, diversity in media, and social justice. You know the weirdos who are convinced that Kathleen Kennedy is out to ruin their lives. YouTube turns nerds into fascists what is known as the alt-right pipeline. I always call the Star Wars fandom fanboy Taliban, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> By the way, I had a girl on Twitter unfollow me because I said the Taliban is bad. That's how ridiculous the people on Twitter are. Left, right, doesn't matter. They're all mostly ridiculous people. Uh, fascist being into Star Trek makes absolutely no sense because it it is a utopian vision of the future, a fantasy, because there is no utopian future. But Star Trek is very progressive. Right. You had, um, was she she Captain O'Hara? Yeah. 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 I can't think of the actress's For the time, it was very progressive. She recently passed away, but the African-American actress who played her in the 60s, no less, was a really big deal. Yeah. I am sorry to say, but the Zack Snyder fandom has become infested with alt-right dickheads. They have become a really toxic cult. I say this as someone who loves his work, who owns the Snyder Cut on 4K Blu-ray. Stephanie and I supported the movement and all the hashtags. We hate the current regime at Warner Brothers. We hate them. It is really disappointing how the Zack Snyder cult has embraced garbage people like Grace Randolph and Mm -hmm. Ben Shapiro. Mm -hmm. Ben is a disgusting Nazi piece of shit, and Grace is is grifting off of nerd rage and fan entitlement. She is no different than that YouTube weirdo Doomcock. She is Doomcock without a cock. She's also super fucking racist. Yes, yes, yes. She hates Kelly Marie Tran and said Kelly Marie Tran deserved what she got because the movie wasn't good. Oh, she dog whistled the fuck out of The Last Jedi about how it was too Asian-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Snyder Cut community has become a joke. Zach deserves better. We all do. We all do. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think, 
people who are isolated, um, they get on the internet, they want to feel a sense of community and belonging, and they find that in these fandoms. The problem is, is then they start shoehorning their own fucked up value systems into the fandoms they profess to love. And it doesn't compute. It's like a cognitive dissonance. They have trouble also there. differentiating the actors from the characters. That yeah, there's some. there's also a disconnect between like the fantasy of the movie or the show and reality. It's like those things have sort of morphed into the same thing. And you them. had all these men who projected themselves on the Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and I've seen I've even seen grown men in my town who are like rabid MAGA people wearing um uh Star Wars Star Wars stuff, but not just it's it's they wear the rebel force like jackets and everything. And I'm like, you you guys are fascists. You're the <laughs> one of the, the reasons we're talking one of the reasons we're talking about this is because we're going to do an episode on incels. And in sh- being an incel is directly linked to being a mass shooter. It's true crime and incels go together. They do well. go together. Unfortunately, they go together. You know, and the mental health of people also is a factor in mass shootings. And clearly a lot of people on Twitter are mentally ill. And they wear their mental illness in their bios like badges or something. It's really odd. Yeah, it's not It's not something that they're trying to bring um, awareness to, which is... Which it's is like what a war- it's like a warning label. Yeah, rather than like uh, I want to bring awareness to this so it's less stigmatized so people can actually get treatment and help and maybe it's it's more accessible to get treatment well, because both- right now it's very expensive if you don't have health insurance and even if you do sometimes it's still not covered. Both Stephanie and I have suffered from mental illness, uh, you know, and I we have no shame in that. We don't think there's anything to be ashamed about that. Right. It just doesn't give you an excuse to be an asshole. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. You don't get to be like, I have depression and anxiety. Therefore, I can treat you however also, I want to. Sorry. It's wrong to conflate ha- having depression with being a paranoid schizophrenic or having psych- violent psychosis. Those right. are not the same. All mental illness, it's a spectrum. Not all mental illness is created equal. Right. Okay. We're not saying to demonize anybody with schizophrenia or anything like that, but... I don't like when people say, if you have anxiety or depression, that's just like being a homicidal maniac. It absolutely is not. Psychotic ideations are not the same as feeling like shit. No. (laughs) But a lot of people in these fandoms are toxic people. They are lonely people. It's sad. But they go to the internet. There's a sort of free-floating hostility online. Well, it's the same thing with satanic panic, because you have people who are preying on their fears or their um, insecurities, and... It's just an echo chamber of that shit. So it happened on TV in the 80s and the 90s with the talk shows, the way the media did it. And they would just have these. And they even had like specialty made videos for law enforcement and social workers about how um, uh, satanic cults were just everywhere. Well, I know. We, we played them in this podcast. Right. Exactly. You've heard them. And it's not really that different from what we're seeing with YouTube, except now they're using a computer um, algorithm. Algorithm. To, 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 if you, like, even us just looking for, like, when we did the Alex Jones podcast and we were trying to find the funny clips, all of a sudden I just got avalanched. It, like, ruined my, <laughs> I had to keep, like, no, no, get this out of my Well, algorithm. somebody might watch Joe Rogan, right. for example. That's where it starts. Yes. And then you get recommended Dave Rubin. Then you get recommended Ben Shapiro. And then it used to be they've taken. And Candace Owens. Yeah, Candace Owens. And then there was, there used to be a guy as a cult leader, uh, Stephen Molyneux online. And he was. He was a cult leader, and he was basically a Nazi telling people, you know, white supremacy. And he was banned from YouTube. I think because wasn't he telling people to go and attack others? Yeah, he was recommending he, violence. Yeah, and he was all that. advocating violence. He believed in this thing called defooing, which is where you separate yourself from your family 
all your family if you don't agree with them, which is like a cult. That's a very cult leader thing to do. Not that, you know, you shouldn't separate yourself from toxic. Toxic from, family members. But he was, right. it was very culty. Mm-hmm. You know? Which I've had to do that. And we, we hear love talking about cults. So it's, that's in our wheelhouse. <laughs> um, okay, so we had someone write in wanting our thoughts on the QAnon shaman. And I'm, before you get to your thoughts, I'm just going to say, <laughs> what is there to say? Guy is a paranoid schizophrenic who dresses like a rodeo clown. He should be institutionalized. <laughs> right. I mean, he actually does have paranoid schizophrenia. But yeah, it's not just, he's crazy. Michael's not insulting him. He's actually stating a fact. Um, he's a part of a larger, horrible conspiracy movement of QAnon that... It's the modern satanic panic. Right. And they perpetrated a seditious act on January 6th of this year against our nation's capital. And if anybody writes... overthrow the government. Anybody writes and saying... They were right or justified. We will not answer your emails because you're full of shit. I can't believe I live in this kind of timeline. It's the weirdest thing. It feels like we just, we like skipped the rails and we went Well, I always say 9-11 was the time shift. And when we hit 9-11, that's when we got off the timeline. And everything since then has been crazy. I mean, it was bad during Reagan, but it really got... It's not the same. Reagan Reagan is a product of the system. The system we're on now is off the rails. That's true. That's true. Okay, next week, we are talking about Chris Watts, the family annihilator, a case that I actually believe has something unexplainable about it. This podcast is shifting gears, and we will, we will be taking you to darker places. In the coming weeks, we will also be talking about Albert Fish, a serial killer that ate children. It's really disturbing and horrifying, albeit fascinating. We will also be doing a pod on David Icke, the infamous conspiracy theorist who believes the world is run by lizard people. You know, very serious stuff. <laughs> and America's sweetheart, Jody Aris, the girlfriend from hell. Going full dateline on that one. <laughs> so, Steph, where can you find us online? You can find us at the Spookies Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find us at the Spookies Podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions concerns if you'd like to uh have us answer a question but don't want to be you want to be anonymous you can tell us that however if you insult us no holds barred yeah <laughs> don't fuck with us <laughs> you and could I've, you could find me on twitter at agent bigfoot and on instagram at uh spooky michael i am at steffi hell yeah on twitter and stephanie hell yeah on instagram yeah that's where you can find her moral panic pics right 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 uh, and also, I talk about Dune a lot because I love it. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. <laughs> and as always, thank you for listening. If you haven't uh, liked and subscribed on your favorite podcast channel, please do that. And if- We hope you have a great weekend. Exactly. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.